everyone, Luke and Phil are back here. Um, we kind of gonna go over the direction of our channel here um, and talk about uh, some new plans we have in the works. Um, if you guys have been liking the content, try to like, comment, and subscribe if you're looking at it on YouTube and share uh, any of the links, whatever platform you use to listen. Um, we, we really are able to see when people share stuff through all of our analytics and stuff. It's pretty cool to see what apps are being used and stuff like that. So um, if you do like the content, give us a sub, send us a, a, you know some feedback, and um, we're going to jump right into it here. Luke and I are kind of at a point where we're going to discuss some different things, and um, we thought it'd be smart to kind of branch out into a, a multiple different channels. This channel will be have most of our main content that you guys have been listening to. So if you do like this content, it's not going anywhere. This is going to be the main channel for for most of our discussions. But pass it off here to Luke um, to kind of talk about what his plans are, and and then we will dive right in. Yeah, I think it's uh, it should be said that we're also like we're going to both be on both of these podcasts. It's not going to be like you know Phil's just going to do this by himself now, and I'm going to do the other one by myself. Um, uh, we're definitely going to stick together, especially on this one. There will be some a lot more on the other ones where I think I dive into gambling, which is not something Phil's familiar with. Um, he's in the too, sports world. Yeah, yeah. He's too cheap to gamble, so he, he doesn't know how it works. <laughs> Very <laughs> accurate. I know how it works. I'm just not a fan. But uh, So I'll kind of dive into that a lot more. We'll have, some, we'll have a lot of discussions, though, where me and Phil kind of argue about stuff because it'll be a little more fun than politics in that regard because we do disagree more in sports sometimes than we do. It's true. Um, with politics, a lot of, a lot of times we're on the same page in that regard. Um, so yeah, we and we want you to know what you're coming to listen to every time you get on a podcast. So that's kind of the main reason we're going to split it off. I know that a lot of you that want to come here for content like you've had so far don't want to listen to me talk about what game to gamble on for 30 minutes. So that's probably not going to be of interest to all of you guys. Um, so, but we are going to give you kind of a quick little preview of what some of those sports episodes will look like. Um, just something basic that me and Phil both, you know, are pretty passionate about. We both really like the NFL. We both watching football, um, which is definitely what I will talk about the most on that podcast. I'll try to branch into some other areas, and uh, maybe we'll t- touch on Phil's Giants, who are kind of killing it right now every once in a while. But <laughs> that is the San Francisco Giants. Don't think that I'm a New York Giants fan. Well, I said they were killing it, so they knew it wasn't the New York Giants. <laughs> hey, they they killed it. They made they won two Super Bowls in our lifetime. Anyways, okay. Speaking of Super Bowls. We're talking about the teams from each conference that we think can win the Super Bowl. So we'll start with the AFC. Pretty simple. Um, we kind of have tier systems. Or ours are going to be a little different. Um, Phil, we'll start with you. Um, I think that my – I think, yeah, there, there are some gaps in there. Um, I think there's very obvious teams that are more powerful every single week in, week out than there are others. Um, so I th- I'd say uh, neck and neck for me, and I'm a diehard Ravens fan, and Luke is a diehard Chiefs fan, so we get very toxic lately, you know, especially <laughs> during the season, because we do happen to be two of the best teams in the NFL, and and in the same division or in the same uh, conference, and we play each other. So um, I'd say the Chiefs and the Ravens um, are probably, in my opinion, neck and neck. I think they both have their strengths. Um, I think that as years go on. People will figure out both of their offenses because they're both extremely different, um, which is why I think that the playing field will become more even. I think the last couple of years the Chiefs have been the heavy favorite. But I think that as time goes on, coaches and other teams will figure out their offenses, which will make them a little more even. Um, then uh, I think Before you get into your rest, I don't think – coaches will never figure out those offenses. Lamar and Mahomes are too talented. You can't figure out Lamar. He does things that no other human on the planet can ever do. 
and the same goes for Mahomes in different ways. Of course, Lamar does things with his legs that you could never imagine a guy that could throw a football could do. Like he probably runs a four three flat, and that might be that might be slower than he actually is. Legitimately, he's the fastest person on the field. Anytime he steps up there, outside maybe like you got Tyreek. Actually, when when his boy's healthy, Hollywood Brown might be faster than him. But that is, yeah. I mean, there's probably five or six people in the NFL that are legitimately faster than Lamar Jackson. So I don't think that teams will figure them out. They might find ways to. I think they'll slow figure out. Them. I think you'll, they'll figure out the offensive scheme. They might not be able to figure out individual players like that. But they, yeah, t- people are figuring out how the Ravens go to a game and and perform, and they are figuring out how the yeah, teams. Yeah, they've known that for three years, and they still can't stop it. Fair, I guess that's a good point, but. Um, Anyways, continue I, with your tears. I think that they're in a they're in a uh, league of their own in the AFC. Um, and again, anything can happen. I think the Ravens are hurting with injuries right now, which sucks. Um, but I'm hoping that that will turn around through the season and, and they'll be able to figure it out. Uh, and I think just below them will be the Bills, probably in their own tier. Um, they, I think, have a pretty good all-around team. I just think it's not quite as good an all-around team as both the Ravens and the Chiefs. Um, and then below them, I would say if I was going to pick like one more that that might surprise us, um, in the AFC, there's a huge gap. I mean, I would say Titans because they've been there, but really, I don't think they they're they're, they're they have longevity. Yeah. So I would say, um, I think Browns probably. Uh, I think you brought them up earlier, but yeah, I, this is I, our I second tend, take. Yeah, I tend I tend to forget. <laughs> Um, about the Browns because I grew up with them being absolutely terrible in my uh, division every year. But they're not anymore. So they're, they're a force to be reckoned with. So I think they'd be my wild card. And in fact, I would if if I would be pissed if they beat the Ravens out. But if they beat other teams, I would be rooting for them just because they're usually trash. Yeah. Um, so our biggest difference is probably at the top where I have the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs and the Bills in their own tier. And I really think that if Dobbins doesn't get hurt, I, I, the Ravens are probably in that tier for me. Um, they needed Belkow back. Gus Edwards is good. I don't. He's definitely not J.K. Dobbins. I mean, there's a reason that Dobbins was going to start and Edwards wasn't. Um, but he's definitely good enough to win a lot of games in the regular season. Um, I just don't know that he takes enough attention in the playoffs to where you take away from what Lamar, some of the things that he hasn't done in the past. And if he proves those things wrong, the Ravens, honestly probably move to the favorite in my book even over the Chiefs if Lamar can hit some of those third down throws that the tight window throws that I think that is just the one aspect of his game that he misses at this point um and then in the tier below the Ravens who are in their own tier as themselves because I don't think I think the three best teams are very obvious it's the Chiefs the Bills and the Ravens Mm -hmm. and anybody below that is another tier um I would go with the Browns. The Titans' defense is not good enough for me, but the Titans' offense is going to be really fun to watch with Derrick Henry and Jones and A.J. Brown. I just don't see the defense being good enough. Now, Vrabel's been a really good defensive coach, so they could turn it around. Um, I, I also I, I think that pe- pe- teams now now know how to figure out the Titans' offense. You stop Derrick Henry. The Ravens did it last yeah. year, and they, they shut him down to 80 yards. If you get Julio of old, you can't do that anymore because you, you have to double Julio. And you have to put someone over the top of AJ Brown. But will they? Well, if they don't, if Julio's Julio of old, he'll yeah. He'll but score. will will he be? I I don't believe so. That's what I'm saying. But if he is, you can't do that because you have to have two safeties over the top, or they'll literally just be like, Julio, you run a fly. AJ Brown, you run a fly, and good luck defense because you can't yeah. 
you can't cover either one of those guys one on one with just a corner. Um, I have a dark horse. I think that the Colts will have a legitimate shot. Um, Carson Wentz doesn't have to be elite anymore. He does still have the potential to be elite in my book, but all he has to do is be better than Philip Rivers was last year, and Philip Rivers was a shell of himself who was already a very above-average quarterback for his career. Um, he was elite for a little bit, but not very long. He never Chargers. had a team behind him. He, he always had so many injuries that always messed with them. Every time that they had a good team going in, they'd lose their star receiver and a defensive guy and something like that. So, um, But, yeah, I think that the Colts could be a legitimate contender. They have a great O-line. They have a solid running game. And Carson Wentz has the potential to be a top-five quarterback in the NFL still. Will we see that? I don't know, but it is a possibility, which is – that is the question. Is it in the range of outcomes that it could happen? I could see it happening. Outside of that, I'd, if Miami gets to Sean Watson – um, that's one of the teams that he's been rumored to. That could happen too, but two is not good enough to do it. Fair enough. I don't. I, again, I, I'm a North Dakota guy. I went to school there, and I love Carson Wentz, but I, I, I just don't think he's that good. I think he had one good season where he popped off, and he's never been the same since he injured himself. And I think that unfortunately will be the rest of his career. It's just going to be like, can we get him back to where he was? And it's going to be a constant. Every year, it's going to be nope. Nope, nope, nope. I will say one thing about quarterbacks is they can be heady. You have guys like Tom Brady who's heady in a good way, always poised, always on top of things, and always Wentz confident. And Wentz is the opposite. And Wentz, having to play behind, play with a guy as your backup who came in for you, won a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl MVP, That would that if you were a guy that didn't have a mentality to, like, I'm the best ever – it's going to get in your head a little bit. Like This, oh, this guy behind me literally won a Super Bowl when I was out. And the the fans of Philadelphia love Nick Foles. Yeah. And they hated Carson Wentz. They still do. Because he underperformed. And, of course, they hate him now because he got traded. Yeah. But um, So, yeah, I, I do think that it could be just a fresh. And it's not like – and it's not – we're not disenfranchising Nick Foles because he, he popped off. I mean, he beat Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. He, he no. played well. I'm dissing it a little bit in the sense of, as a fan, you have to be – you have to give Nick Foles his credit, but at some point you also have to look at the two of them and be like, yeah, one of those guys can be a stud franchise QB, and one of them can be a backup and win you a few games. And Nick Foles won him a clutch streak of games. It was the perfect timing <laughs> to win three games. But Nick Foles is going to come in, and he can win you maybe two or three, and then he's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm back to being average Nick Foles. Yeah. Um, there's a reason he's literally third string in Chicago behind Andy Dalton right now, okay? Um, <laughs> what, you don't like Andy Dalton? <laughs> no. I would play Nick Foles over Andy Dalton, but no. Matt, Matt Nagy seems to think that he has something with Andy Dalton, which the fact that Justin Fields isn't starting is completely ridiculous. That's a different conversation. Fair. Um, that's that's one more that we could dive into on the other podcast. But uh, what's as your, far what's... as NFC teams, who do you got? Um, NFC. I, so... I, the typical argument of okay, the Bucks are just by far the favorite. I don't like jumping on that bandwagon, and I wouldn't have if it was the exact same time last year. I would have been like, Brady's great. He's probably the the greatest of all time. Now I completely agree he is the greatest of all time. There um, is no argument I, to that. I know, and I am a huge fan of Brady. I didn't used to be when they used to clap the Ravens every single year in the AFC Championship. It was miserable. And we still get to watch them clap the Chiefs in the Super Bowl now. So it doesn't. I'm not a personal fan. Yeah, my, exactly. My friends do think that I like Brady because I have so much respect for the guy. As a guy that played quarterback, as a guy that loves watching people play quarterback, there is no one that's ever been better. And it's just like so obvious on so many levels. 
And even last year when the dude's 44, 43, I, I mean, you have Mahomes, you have Lamar Jackson who literally physically do things the guy could never dream of doing in their life. Mm-hmm. And he still makes his way to a Super Bowl. And wins. A- Aaron Rodgers literally has been more talented than Tom Brady for the last 15 years. And Tom Brady's won five Super Bowls in that, six yeah. Super Bowls in that thing. It shows you, it shows you how much... He's you know, the greatest leader that sports yeah. have ever seen. It shows you how much that leadership is important and how much of a difference it can make. It does also show organizational strength in the NFL, how much it matters, because the Patriots were one of the best-run organizations. Yeah. But Tom Brady, what people don't give him credit for last year is the Bucks were not a well-run organization. They had a really talented roster, and everyone's like, oh, he came into a great situation with a great organization. No, he came into a great roster. Yeah, and he the, made the, it a great organization. Exactly. The win of the Bucks been good in the last two decades. You know, they, they, they won John a Super Gruden Bowl for one year, and they won a Super Bowl. Exactly. And well, that's the it. early two thousands, right? Two thousand two. Yeah. Two thousand two. Yeah. So again, it was right around then because it was, it was the Ravens. The Ravens played just a couple. Yeah, so it would have been a couple years before that, and won. But um, agreed. Uh, and I don't like to jump on the bandwagon of oh, the Bucks are going to go all the way because I. Anything can happen all season long. I mean, last year you probably wouldn't have said the Chiefs were going to lose, and they did. Just because, you know, once they got to the playoffs, things changed quite a bit. But throughout the season, it was like, okay. I was going to say, because when they played in the Super Bowl, I bet against them. I felt horrible about it. But I was like, it's a win-win. Either the Chiefs win, and I'm happy, and I lose my money, I'm cool with it. But just with our O-line struggles and the way that exactly. the Bucks roster was formed, I was like, I don't see how we win this game. Yeah. So Did I think we were going to lose 31-9? Also, no, but... <laughs> that yeah, that was rough. I I feel bad. I understand. I've had my own share of struggles with my team. Regardless, um, so Bucks I think are in their own tier. What's funny is though, like I said, I wouldn't have ever if this was exactly one year ago, I would have been like, eh, top eight in the NFC. Yeah, you know Brady's. You know he's good, but he's old. Yeah, when he proved we... that wrong, and and uh, until I see otherwise, he's gonna keep doing it. It was crazy last year when we watched the Bucks play the Chiefs in the regular season, and the the Chiefs clapped the Bucks a little bit. I looked at a couple of my roommates. So I was like, "That's the Super Bowl right there!" Like that, we just watched the Super Bowl. It's going to be a rematch. And you know, they kind of looked at me funny because the Bucks were like seven and five, and Brady hadn't really put it together yet. And, mm-hmm. But I I saw it in that game too. I was like, Brady still has the arm. Like it's not. I hadn't really watched the Bucks all year to like in depth, mm-hmm. but I was like, he's making throws. He's still got the arm. He just hasn't clicked. The offense hasn't clicked yet, and they had a bye coming up the week after, and I was like, it's game over. Like That yeah. that team's making the Super Bowl. So, anyways, um, so you have a tier break there. Under. I also have a tier break there. As far as tier, t- tier two teams go, I would have the Packers. I would have the 49ers if Trey Lance plays, not if Jimmy G plays. Um, Jimmy G's obviously a solid quarterback. Trey Lance just has so much more talent, brings so many things that you can do with that offense, especially with Kyle Shanahan running the ball. Yeah, I was going to say coaching there is just elite. Yeah, and then um, I would probably have the Rams and the Seahawks in that same tier, which is crazy that there's three teams from the NFC West. No offense, and no no offense to the AFC, but it sucks compared to the NFC. NFC is so much more fun. It's NFC is... The AFC is more top heavy. Like I think that the Chiefs. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. NFC, anyone can make it. Oh yeah, but you know? I think that it would go like if you rank the teams. I think you'd have to put the Bucks one right now, and then I would probably go Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, and then I would start with NFC teams. I think that those. Yeah. Um, there's such a gap between the top of the AFC, but the Browns are closing that. The Browns are cl- cutting into being in that next tier to where they could. <laughs> it's just another team in the AFC that's like God. I think it's there. It's. It is cool because it is a close pack at the top. But yeah. then once you get down to team six, seven, eight, nine, it's like yeah. 
trash. And then we could also see a change in that too if there's a couple rumored quarterback things. Like if Deshaun Watson goes to Miami and then Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, I don't even know what the AFC will look like. Oh my God, it's going to be nuts. But uh, So NFC-wise, I have those three NFC West teams. Do you see them all in that same tier right there as well? Or would you kind of... Yeah, I I really think that just NFC West, any team could go. I even think the Cardinals could be an underdog. If I was going to pick two underdogs, be an absolute underdogs because Cardinals are very much of a stretch. But yeah, they're say, coaching so bad. I, I would mean, say I Cardinals could do it um, because they. I think they have the players. They have a great fans, and I also think the Bears could do it. I think the Bears are a sleeper, and I think that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with in the NFC North. Does Matt Nagy actually stay true to his word and Andy Dalton plays all year? Because if so, no. I'm, I'm completely out on that statement. I agree. I agree. If Justin Fields plays, they have a chance. I think... I don't. I can't see him winning a Super Bowl, but just because he's so young, and maybe the same could go about Trey Lance. But to me, Kyle Shanahan is just so good of a coach that it doesn't matter that Trey Lance is that is young. He can mm-hmm. coach it out of him. Um, Matt, I love Matt Nagy. I love him more than ninety nine percent of people that watch football do, just because he used to be in the Chiefs system. He does a lot of really creative things, but he hasn't proven anything yet, and. Um, they did go to the playoffs with Mitchell Trubisky, which is kind of a big deal. Like that, maybe he is. That should be celebrated more. But <laughs> yeah, um, it's true. I, I definitely like their roster. Um, I, and if Justin Fields plays, I think they're at, at worst going to be a really, really fun team to watch. Yeah. I just I can't see him getting to the Super Bowl over. You know, you got to beat Tom Brady, you got to beat Aaron Rodgers, you got to beat Matthew Stafford, and you got to beat Russell Wilson. That's that's really tough. agreed. Agreed. But I I think that they're. They would be a fun sleeper because oh, the Bears. Yeah. The Bears are a fun team to watch, and they have a fun fan base. Um, NFC North is probably the best fan based uh, division, in my opinion. I think they have they have the most loyal, they have the most rowdy, and they have also a close division. Yeah. I mean, the Packers. You, you almost cannot beat that fan base. The Vikings fans, as annoying as they are, because I I lived up there and I hated them. They are a great fan base. The Bears, extremely, they're rowdy. They have fun tailgates. They go crazy. And um, what's the other team? The Lions? Yeah. Yeah, Lions. They're passionate. Even they the are team passionate. They, they show up to the game with bags on their heads, but they're at the games. I would I would comment for the AFC West. The only problem is that the Chargers fan base absolutely sucks. So they have three really good ones, and then the fourth is literally non-existent. The, the Chargers are the Lions, except for their fan base doesn't stick with them because they're in Los no, Angeles. No, the Chargers are AFC. You're thinking Rams. No, AFC right. West. Oh, AFC West. Okay. The Chiefs, Denver, and Oakland. Oakland fans are psychotic. There's not that many of them, though. Oh, they there's a ton of Oakland fans. Now that they moved to Vegas, sure. But when, when they were in Before Oakland... Before that, they were ranked like the second highest fan base behind Dallas. Really? Yeah. Oakland always has fans because they used to be like this big brand. And I agree. the bad boys of the NFL. But They but also used to win games. Which that's what I was going to say. Difference. If you look at any of their games, they barely ever filled the stands in the last 20 years. That's, that's just because their stadium sucks. It had nothing to do with the team. They're, Oakland's the worst city about doing anything kind of upgrades. And Oakland was just like, we're not going to go to these games because like your stadium sucks. We're not going to support you. We're not going to support the city. Fair. And then they left. Yeah, which they should have. <laughs> yeah, I, that was the best business decision ever made because their stadium was basically paid for in Vegas. I know it's unfortunate though. I I do feel bad for Oakland fans because the Warriors left now, and then the Raiders left. I feel yeah, I do feel bad for the fans, but the city deserves it one hundred percent. Oh yeah, no, they it's, pushed no, it's, everybody out. It's a trash hole. I'm sorry, but it is. Anyways, I know that you have a sleeper pick for the NFC that you haven't touched on yet. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think 
Cowboys will be undefeated this year. I'm gonna I'm gonna put money down on it. I'm not a gambling man, but I feel stat confident about it. Um, I I think that Dak is gonna have four or five games where he throws over 650 yards. Um, and I also think that um, it, Zeke's still on the team, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think Zeke love. I think he'll have 4,000 rushing yards. <laughs> I think. Uh, hey, what's What's sad is I could actually see a Dallas Cowboy fan making this argument. Like, I, legitimately, I seriously. Un- unfortunate. I, I, the one thing I will say is I do think Zeke's going to have a great year as far as stats go, and I think the Dak's also going to have a great year as far as stats go because when you're down in That's every it. game, when you're down in every game, you got to score a lot of points, and their defense is atrocious. And I know. so Dak will throw the ball a ton. Zeke will get. A lot of yards. He looks really in shape. Zeke looks really good. Zeke's probably the one aspect of their team that I'm positively surprised about because, you know, he was not he wasn't in very good shape last year. He had a lot of issues turning the ball over and stuff. Their line looks to be a little improved over their injured line last year, and so their offense is going to be really good. If their defense can put anything together, they might win their division. That's fair, but no. that's as far as I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, no, I still I, I still not... think the Redskins are the best team in that division. Their defense is insanely good. <laughs> If Ryan Fitzpatrick can be what he was last year at the beginning of the year before he got inevitably benched for being better than Tua, which made no sense in my mind. Yeah. Um, if he's that version of Ryan Fitzpatrick, that team's actually dangerous. I just can't project that over 17 games and expect uh, it. Imagine how nice it would be to be in that trash hole of a division. Like, imagine. Like, the Chiefs, they got a somewhat hard division, so you kind of you kind of get it. But like, it's up and down. In my division, I've got the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers, yeah. and the Bengals, the, the trash. But three teams that are yeah. very possibly making the playoffs. They have three. They have four teams that shouldn't make the playoffs. Yeah, I think that you guys have been a lot better as of late. The AFC North since the Browns have been relevant. Before yeah. that, Denver was very good with uh, Kansas City, especially when they have Manning. And yeah, that was impossible. <laughs> when yeah. he was throwing you had Alex Smith. 53 touchdowns a year, and you're just like, Alex Smith threw for 3,000 yards. Yes. Woo. No hate on Alex Smith, one of the greatest guys in sports that I've ever seen as far as a person goes. Um, but just I, Hey, I, man, I, and I'm a Niners fan too. I hated him on the Niners. Hated him. Always left you. What I hated about it for the Chiefs' sake was he was a good quarterback, but he was never great, and he would just – keep us good enough to never be in the top. And finally we traded up and got lucky and picked Patrick Mahomes. Um, shout out to Brett Veach because I would have taken Deshaun Watson. And so now we wouldn't have a quarterback right now. That's fair. But um, so, yeah, I think that definitely. So we have the Bucks. I have the Bucks. You have the Bucks in their own tier. Is that if you had to pick today, would you pick the Bucks to go to the Super Bowl? No. I think that uh... – I think that they they have the best. Ch- Here's how I want to put it: they have the best chance too. But I am going to put more. If if I had if I had to bet, I'd put more money on there being some type of upset. Just how it would work. But I'm saying you got to pick one team right now. One team right now. You can't go Bucks or the field because obviously okay, you take that's the field. Fair. Okay. Um, if you're not going to take the Bucks, I thought you were going to take the Bucks. I'm going to do it because I wanted somebody else to take somebody different. But the Bucks are the easy choice. They Obviously, are. I, I, I'll they try to be back, an outside. I'll try to be an outsider. I'm gonna say they brought back 22 starters. I mean, you can't. No one does that. <laughs> no know. one does that ever. I know, man. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be the devil's advocate. Um, I'm gonna go Packers and Rodgers. Okay, if I had to pick somebody else, I would pick the Rams. I think their defense is elite. I. It's tough because Stafford's take never it won anything. I don't pick the Packers. I think that they're they they're gonna be bumping heads too much, and they already have to where the chemistry isn't gonna be off. Or 
I they will because Aaron Rodgers is going to go. I'm going to I'm going to prove why I deserve to be in the Super Bowl, and you guys are going to be you know people. You, you, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna prove why I belong on this team, and you should pay me a lot of money. I think that Aaron Rodgers is gonna go ballistic. I think that's very much more possible. Um, we saw how he played last year when he was angry at the organization, and I don't think that a chemistry thing really affects the locker room very much. Be just because if it wasn't Aaron Rodgers, it'd be a big deal. But they're gonna look at him and they're gonna be like, "Yeah, that's the best player, one of the best players in the NFL. We should probably just do what he says and yeah. agree with him because." He gives us the best chance to win a Super Bowl by a thousand. And yeah, when you win games, you make more money. Everyone I, looks better. I cannot believe that they're having this many issues, but that's an argument for a different day. All right. Well, that will kind of be what an episode would look like. We would probably usually argue a little bit more. I didn't really want to do that on this main channel. Um, yes. Get that heated about stuff. Um, sometime we'll talk about you know who's better, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, and that would be. A crazy episode. You might want to tune in for that one. But I, I, I mean, yeah, we're not going to get into it. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Um, we're going to tie back into kind of what we talked about the other day with Afghanistan. Um, we just think that we didn't touch on some aspects that we feel very passionate about. Um, obviously, you know, we kind of talked about um, how we thought the president had failed some of the people over there. And more than that, we want to get into the respect we have for the sacrifice that the people have made and just some of the problems that they deal with and what they deal with coming over. Um, yeah. I'll pass it off to Phil because he has a little more insight on this. Just from- um, uh, Yeah, I got a lot of opinions here, and I know Luke will agree with everything. I just I, I have a lot more connection to what's going on over there. Um, it It's sad that, that we're even having to talk about this. I'll start with that. Um, but like you said, I, I don't think we touched enough and, and – showed how how serious we do take it um you know our last conversation was kind of you know we were kind of fooling around you were taking on the the opposite opinion but in all reality i think it's smart for us to touch on how seriously we take it and um it's it's sad to see how so many veterans are struggling right now because of how how they feel completely undervalued and when their sacrifices they made and those who didn't make it back and those who you know have all kinds of issues ptsd you know wound you know yeah and i would say i would replace the word undervalued with unappreciated like they did something that they feel like was unnecessary almost is the way that the public is kind of framing it at this point especially the media i wouldn't say the public i'd say i would say i wouldn't say anyone's framing it that way and i media partially but i would say that the, a vast majority of people are are supportive and going. Listen, this was not this was not in vain. Like the problem is, they there is no way that they're able to avoid that feeling with the way you know actions speak louder than words, and the way that the administration is dealing with this, and and our leadership and heads of state, etc., across the board at the highest level, is the, the, there's the the only way they can take it is like this was a waste. So I, I guess I'm going more from like a social media perspective than a media media perspective, and I have seen a lot where it's like this this war was a waste, and like that's what I really yeah. want to combat against. It's like, no, we did we did good things here. Um, mm-hmm. There were things that were definitely necessary, and even if the government's purpose wasn't necessarily focused in at the end, because we did like you, there's just no explanation for how it ended. Like you can't explain it away why it ended the way it did, but. The people that were there still did so many good things for the country. Still, I mean, it was livable for a long time, and we didn't have to deal with any of this stuff. I mean, there's been the last three years where there was almost complete peace. Yeah, two, two years, yeah. and 
tons of peace deals being signed in the Middle East and changes being made. And it's sad to see them get reversed. Um, I think that a big problem that we're having right now is selfishness. Uh, you look at you know why a lot of these things are being reversed that were going well. Um, not even talking about the withdrawal, which was absolutely botched in every way. In my opinion, after all the stuff that even came out this weekend, it's the biggest embarrassment in the history of the United States. You know, as in a foreign policy disaster. I think you know there's things within our country that have been terrible too: slavery, internment camps, whatever. Um, it's those, this in 9/11. There's that's the only conversation you can have. In 9/11, isn't even close in my opinion. It's it's this in like a Saigon or something, and Saigon isn't even close. It, 9-11 it wasn't really an embarrassment. It was a tragedy, and more like, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah, yeah, If you're afraid, I was thinking tragedy. Just like how depressing it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah like you could, there's a ton of those, Pearl Harbor, et cetera, that are, that are like that. But as in like an absolute disgrace on the world stage, by far number one. And, I, and I, I'd love to see someone have a different argument. Um, and so I'm going to touch on, I, I have... Um, some I, I'm not I'm not going to name drop. I'm not going to give away a bunch of stuff because I, I I think that's disrespectful, especially because I haven't already prefaced and asked. Um, but I have uh, family members, um, one in particular who served I believe three tours in Afghanistan. Um, this individual uh, got messed up um, mentally. Never thank God was wounded or anything like that. Um, but I know did struggle with some stuff, and I and I can only imagine what this individual is going through right now um it's sad to see because i know a lot of veterans deal with that problem uh, nowadays because of the war on terror they go over there they they don't feel like they accomplish much because not much changes and um as even though that's not true it's so hard to see when your boots on the ground you're there you're seeing it every day because you are seeing terrible things you're like what am i doing this for we don't make any progress and i get that that's why a lot of veterans struggle nowadays from these modern wars. Um, but I, I think it's just important for people to speak out, show their support. I think it's important for people to express on social media the opposite of, of what you were talking about earlier of like, listen, it is not in vain. You guys went over there and did amazing things. You, you know, Afghanistan is now taking century steps backwards for, for women and, and their freedoms. Um, I was listening today that Sharia law, which is gonna, which is now being reinstated in Afghanistan for women, including American women who have been left there. Not even kidding. They now have to engage in Sharia law. They are now in under that regime, um, and and controlled by the Taliban. They can't say anything. Or they're going to get killed. That's and what's what's absolutely absurd is they're probably still going to be killed. Um, regardless, uh, when I was listening to something on the radio today, they were talking about. Under Sharia law that is now being reinstated, if a woman laughs in public, she will be beaten for it. Laughs. If she is seen laughing in public, she'll be beaten for it. They can no longer drive. Um, if uh, a woman, uh, what was another one that they, they said? Oh, if a woman is seen um, without her, with her headdress, or I don't know what the proper terminology is. I think it's technically a headdress or a, a Burka, um, out in public uh, or doing anything outside of their home, um, it's punishable by death. Death for not wearing uh, a, a garment. 
Yeah, and these are all things that have not been the case for numerous years. Exactly. Thanks to the efforts our, of our the occupation, essentially, yeah. and our protection. So, um, you know, I, I think there was a better way to do this by a million miles. And and I think that, you know, a slight presence there to, to keep people in check probably would have been smart because in all reality, I'm not a fan of, of the endless wars. I know you aren't either. But, I mean, these people are going back into slavery. I would I would actually not exactly agree with that. Um, I know that last week I didn't give my real opinion, so it was hard for you to kind of gauge where I stand on this for real. But I think that the United States has a responsibility as a country that has power to use that for good reason. And so in countries like Afghanistan where you fall back into a trap of, yeah, these women are now completely just... You know, they have no freedom. They have nothing. And we can't obviously let all of those people into our country. We kind of touched on that last time, too, mm-hmm. where you can't bring everybody in. We should keep a presence where it's like, okay, you're not going to just dictate powerless people like this. Like, we are going to keep some sort of presence here. So That's what I was saying. Yeah. No, but I, I just wanted to voice that that is my opinion. Oh, okay. I am a fan of that. I yeah, want okay. the U.S. to have a presence in countries to where it's like, hey, you know, you, you start doing stuff. We're here. We mm-hmm. we see you. So um, it, I I don't like the endless war, but in situations like this, where you had to see it coming that the Taliban had been oppressed for so long because of the U.S. and the U.S. presence, U.S. presence in these countries, if you pulled everyone out, that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And people will touch on the fact that Trump was going to do the same thing, and he said he was going to do the same thing. So I also would not have been a fan of Trump's policy if he would have decided to do this. Do I have more faith that he would have done it better? Oh, it's a different well, conversation, if, but if you actually listened and read into his plan, it was better. But I don't agree with having zero presence. I I think that 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 harms and and really hurts the people that are still living out there. And it's proven now. Yeah, so. uh, I mean they're literally taking hundreds. I mean they're going back into the the dark ages. It's it's disgusting. Um, and what's what's even more upsetting is we have. Um, leadership in our country that that are just blow it off, you know. And, and it's like we acted like we acted like we cared. Um, I was making a joke for yeah. for so long. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it, got to check the time. Yeah, if 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 you saw today, um, Biden, for example, Luke Luke just made a very sad joke, but it's true. Biden, when the uh, uh, remains of the people who died and the, the 13 service men and women that died um, Biden came to the ceremony where they were being unloaded off the plane and, and into ca- or uh, their caskets being loaded into vehicles to be taken to a cemetery or, or probably some type of facility until an actual ceremony for their funeral happens but there was literally footage of Biden checking his watch during that yeah he had a nap with the prime minister at 3pm that he couldn't miss it, it, that's seriously what we're. I mean, it, it's funny, but it's like that's what that's what we're dealing with. So yeah. when when we touch on these these veterans and stuff, or even active service members that are going through this, listen, people out there do care, and who cares what what some sleepy brain dead moron in the White House is doing, who who is the de facto commander in chief, and someone's playing him like a puppet? Who cares what he what he thinks, and and the fact that he doesn't think. Or doesn't care. Yeah, I definitely think that um, we just want you to know that people in America, especially us, but there's definitely 
a ton of people that very much respect what you do, very much know that you bring so much value to this country. And vast majority. Like, I don't think, I think there would even be numerous people who don't realize the magnitude of what soldiers do for our country. Mm-hmm. Like, little things like being over in Afghanistan and protecting us from other countries. And you don't see it because you don't think of like, we think of like when we think of war, we think of World War II and you're like, like millions of people died. Oh my gosh, that must have been so much worse. No, we're not, we don't have the same goal. Our goal isn't to go into Afghanistan and wipe people out. Our goal is to change the country into a more diplomatic, democratic system to where everybody has freedoms. And we did that through the use of less force. So it was more effective than previous wars, Mm -hmm. not less effective. And then we blew it all in about three months to where now it's like, okay, we're probably going to have to do it again. I mean, is that where we're at? I don't know. Um, I think that another point, just to add to yours, that that is important to also mention is that the reason that we have the liberty, I mean, you and I growing up in the time period we did had the most peaceful time in American history because we didn't have to see it. And the reason why we didn't have to see it is because they were doing their job well over there. Yeah. The reason, and, and again, there are a lot of different opinions you can give on why, but the main reason we were over in the Middle East for so long is to keep the terror at bay so that it didn't come here and we didn't have another 9-11 where we lost 3,000 some odd people in a terrorist attack. That is the point. And they did their job. That is that is why they were over there. You know, that's a huge part of it. Yeah, I agree. And like like you said, um, we have not had a terror, terrorist attack on U.S. soil since 9-11 of, uh, there's been of a, magnitude. Of magnitude, yeah. I mean, Boston bombing and there have been some smaller ones and we're not disenfranchising those. No, but I'm just... For the most part, it's been kept at bay because of these guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I I don't know. I don't know on your question of of if we're gonna reinvade at this point. That would be the only option to actually have a presence there again because of how much it's been taken over by the Taliban and these other groups. Um, I think it doesn't seem like the plan is to reinvade. But if you want to save the lives of the people there, you have to reinvade. But I don't think we will. I really don't. I mean, you saw the last plane leave today, the last plane, and there are still Americans there in Afghanistan, even though our last military plane left. You know, so how do they get out? We have more private citizens with their own money, the Glenn Becks of the world over there, with their own private planes getting people out and their own and 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 uh, having showing people how to migrate out of the country by foot. Then we then we have a, a presence from our own shame of a government. Yeah, I definitely think that that is a you know it's a huge embarrassment. I think is the best word that like you said yeah. earlier, where it's just like what are we doing? We, we have we have the the British Parliament censuring our president, saying we will not do operations with the United States anymore until the until Biden and Kamala are out of office. I know I, I brought that up last time, but. I don't know. That's a big people, deal. I don't know if people they are they are our closest ally and have been for over 150 years. It's the it's a huge deal. I mean, it's also a huge deal in the sense of if we get attacked by somebody like China that we don't have an ally of Great Britain, not yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, what what who do we have left? Canada and Mexico. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be a big help. They don't have big militaries like the the UK and these other European countries yeah. that do. Um, and we're just we're we're leaving all these other countries now. Now China feels. Like they're what are we gonna do if they decide to invade some people? We obviously aren't gonna do anything because we're not doing anything right now. When we're the most powerful military, I guess, on the planet, maybe not anymore, and we we can't even stand up to to us 
a, a tribe that, that terrorizes people and blows themselves up uh, in, in hopes that, you know, they're going to have however many virgins in heaven. Bull. I'm sorry, but it's bull crap. They're terrorists. They're evil people. And we can't even stand up to them. How are we going to stand up to a superpower who's just as powerful as we are on the world stage? Yeah, no, it's definitely, that's a valid question. And at this point, I couldn't answer it in a positive way where I'm like, I feel confident about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I do feel like we have, it would be so hard to invade a country, thank God, at this point technologically, because if it wasn't China and the amount of people in their military yeah. and them having pretty much on an equal power stage technologically, they would be able to wipe us out if it were remotely possible to transport that many people. China could never get people here undetected enough to actually invade the mm -hmm. country. And I I think the only way you have a war at this point is nuclear, and I, I don't think anyone has the guts to start that. I, I hope, I pray that, that doesn't, it doesn't come to that. Um, I agree, but I... It could be a tech... The only thing I could see is a technological war where, like, you know, there's blackouts, grid stuff, things like yeah. that. Um, that. I think that's what it would look like. EMP stuff, uh, and then it, we would fall into chaos. Yeah, so, but I think that that's also probably weapons, and we we both both most of the superpowers probably have weaponry that can do that to any country. Yeah, to where it's it's almost like a Cold War situation with nuclear, where it's like, okay, if you did this to us, we would do it to you, and you guys would fall into the same trap. Yeah, so I'm hoping that you know, at this point, our best bet is a Cold War scenario with China. But what I'm scared of is. Listen, I'm, I'm usually a person of doubt, especially after, you know, um, the previous election and stuff and, and everything that goes on with social media and the media and how, how backwards everything is. But I'm a firm believer that Biden is botching this enough and his administration is doing so terribly that we will come back. Um, uh, as in like a conservative movement will come back. There, people, are, people are already going, enough is enough. This is what you get when you vote. You vote someone out of office rather than vote someone in. And that's exactly what happened. Um, the media and social media was able to convince the masses who don't do their own homework to vote someone out who has mean tweets and in, in replace just have a puppet that's going to come in who really doesn't do his job. Yeah, I would literally, just off the amount of people I've seen where they're like, I'm switching from blue to red. We called rig election last time. If... Democrats won again without some kind of, you know, if they brought a candidate to light where I'm like, wow, this person's actually intelligent, this person's smart, but they're going to run with Biden again. Like they, obviously that's what everyone's done throughout the course of history without the death or something happening to the president throughout his mm -hmm. presidency. If Biden wins again, I, there is no chance that that's not a rigged election. Yeah, I, but I don't think Biden's going to run. I think he's done. I think someone will take his place. I just am curious who it's going to be. It, People don't like Kamala either. So if she tries to run, if Biden says he's going to be one term, which I'm 99% certain he will, I think he he there's no way he's going to be able to make it. And I think he knows that. He has never once brought up eight years, even in his even before he was president. He never brought it up to where I think deep down he knows he's not going to do Well, he go. didn't write his own speeches, so... Fair. Somebody else wasn't going to put that in. <laughs> Someone else doesn't want him to be eight-year president. So, um, but... It'll either be Kamala who's going to try to take the reins, and she will. I think she would be smashed just as hard as Biden. Yeah, people don't like her. She didn't even make it to the first primary in Iowa while she was running as a Democrat candidate, and for some reason they thought it was a good idea to make her the VP. Okay, 
because she was a woman of color. And it's fair. And, votes. and yet she called Biden racist on the debate stage and then decides, oh, yeah, I'll be your VP. Yeah, hypocritical. Um, I don't know. I don't know where we go from here. I think that uh, I think people need to keep hope, though. I think you and I. That is one thing that I've always been good at is I'm always super hopeful. I just I don't get down in the dumps about stuff, even in my own life, really. I, that's a talent that thank God I've had throughout the course of my lifetime where I, you know, things could be going to crap all around me. I'm just like, it'll probably work out. It'll be fine. Uh, yeah. But I I'm do not, think, I'm not so good at that, but I, I do try to stay positive. I do think that when Biden originally got elected, I remember straight up saying the positive outcome of this will be there will be the next six or seven presidents will be Republican because this dude is so bad. And it, man, do I look like a genius right now because if there's not six or seven, unless somebody just completely comes in and just, I don't even know how you could botch it worse than Biden does right now, but just <laughs> looks awful after, you know, like maybe a couple runs of Republicans and then there's like a two or three and then one comes in there like, oh, you're really bad. And then you get another Democrat one. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't see it. Like, you're like liberal values at this point. They just don't – they don't register. Like they're not the same. They're not consistent. So it's like what am I voting for today? Yeah, because they always move the line. Yeah, and what you're voting for today isn't what is going to happen tomorrow. And Republicans, for a lot of things that they do wrong – and you know, not, like I'm not saying Republicans are saints by any means. Mm-hmm. They're usually at least trying to be remotely honest with you. Yeah. Maybe not all of them, but one guy was. Donald Trump. That man was – Brutally said, honest. He said some stupid stuff and – you and I both would agree on some levels. We wish he kept his mouth shut up sometimes. Oh, yes. But the man was never lying when he opened his mouth. He was always saying exactly what he thought. I think one thing that he did start that will help us in the future, and, and to your point, I, I hope that conservative presidents, not even not necessarily Republican, but conservative presidents come for a long time after Biden. Um, I don't think it's healthy to always have one side. And it just turns into a dictatorship. But I, I come to your point, I would love it. <laughs> Trump started the movement of, I think, only presidents. And no one will be like Trump. Trump is Trump. But only presidents that are similar to him will be voted in as Republican candidates. I think that that is what he started. The vast majority of people will find that one candidate that is as close as possible to Trump. If Trump... Literally, if you just had a Trump that kept his mouth shut, he would have been a perfect president. Yeah. Uh, the media still would have framed him in a way, but they couldn't have framed him as bad. No, that's um, true. But I think you'll have people like you'll have people like DeSantos, who's kind of similar to Trump, where the media doesn't like DeSantis because he speaks his mind, he does stuff like that. But they yeah. don't have they don't have clips. They can't even make they don't clips. have dirt on him. Yeah, and so that is one thing. Donald Trump was a celebrity mm-hmm. for thirty years, and he was in the public eye the whole time. One of the most famous people on the planet. Yep. So you you got people from TMZ literally all day every day, and and they still couldn't get anything out of. That's the best part. They got like three clips three of clips. stuff that they kind of cut out from stuff that wasn't really that bad. There yeah. was one thing that was pretty bad that he said that I can't repeat on here. Yeah. That wasn't really meant to be that bad. Locker like, room talk. Yeah. That's pretty I, bad. It was bad. It was bad. But other but you cannot say that. I hate Other, holding things against people yeah, that they did 30 years ago. Exactly. I've said I've said bad things, you know? Especially, like, and, you see and, that all the time on Twitter where, you know, somebody all of a sudden, like, get drafted and 
NFL draft or something, and somebody will be like, oh, this dude tweeted this when he was 16. I'm just like, dude, yeah, cancel. what did you say when you were 16, man? Cancel like, culture is literally cancer. It's so it's so terrible because uh, it, it shows that um, – and the reason why it's done by the left, and it's a perfect example as to their hypocrisy, is it shows how they think that people cannot be forgiven and cannot be uh, – you know, cannot change. It's a perfect example. And then you have people on the right who show their compassionate side. When the left, left screeches that they're the compassionate ones. They're the tolerant ones. It's the people on the right that forgive. The people on the left do not. They will dig something up to ruin your life. And I think that it, we should definitely clarify here. We mean from a leadership and political standpoint, not every single person who's a leftist. Correct. Not every single person that's a rightist. But, I know that's not but, what you but meant, but I'm I just saying want to... The, sh- the leftists are the ones that try to cancel. Yeah, right, I just want to push that right forward now. that we're not talking if you're a leftist, you don't forgive people. We're saying as a leadership, as a government entity... Or a group on social media. Yeah, and social media, don't believe stuff you see on social media. I saw a, thing, a study today where only 30% of America is on Twitter and only 6.7% tweets actively which is more than like once a week i think was the number Mm -hmm. um so you're literally seeing like one twentieth about of the united states on twitter you're not seeing the popular opinions or anything like that yep um i think that's a good spot to wrap it up here uh i'm gonna be on vacation for a week so luke's probably gonna upload this and it'll be on a little hiatus again um, I will probably record a football one. Um, maybe get somebody on with me, a guest besides you, since you'll be gone. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited to hear it. I'll be I'll be kicking it on a beach. And I, I I do want to talk about that. This is kind of our goal is to like kind of branch out and do m- multiple podcasts over the you know over the future. We'll start with just the two that we're going to really dive into at this point, but mm-hmm. kind of make a network of it. Like that would be a sick goal that we have, and you know we've kind of touched on. So if you ever wanted to you know make a podcast and you want to talk to us about you know, kind of connecting with us and hit us up. Yep. Uh, I want to, I want to end the podcast here on an, on kind of a stat just to, just to show people the, the serious failure that we just talked about. And you guys can, uh, take this with a grain of salt. I'm sure, um, a lot of people already saw it. So if you've already seen these stats, then you know exactly how much of a failure it really was. This is the, uh, this is just one, um, of all the, this is an, all the ground items that were taken um, by the, from the from the U.S. government by the Taliban that was left behind. Twenty two thousand one hundred and seventy four Humvees, six hundred and thirty four M117 AMRAPs. It's like a, a amphibious vehicle. One hundred and fifty five uh, Max Pro mineproof vehicles. It's like a big semi truck. One hundred and sixty nine M113 armored personnel carriers. It's a, pretty much a miniature tank. 42,000 pickup trucks and SUVs, 64,363 machine guns, 8,000 diesel semi-trucks, 162,043 radios, 16,035 night vision goggles, uh, 358,530 assault rifles, 126,294 handguns, and 176 artillery cannons. That does not include all the aerial devices they got, which are Blackhawks, Cessna planes, four C-130s, etc. But I'll save that stat for another day. Um, so again, just wanted to touch on the seriousness of this situation, and we do take it seriously. Um, as for that, if you made it to the end here, we apologize.